0: Who who brought this to the backlog? Was it me? For you,
1: game. it was your game. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I I couldn't remember because I I know we did like a I looked on your
1: list and you looked on mine. I think so. All right, you want to jump into it? Um. Yeah. Just but what, proceeding. What is the word after proceed? Afterwards, is it proceed? Succeeding. Pro, uh, I think it would tec- after technically be proceeding. Yeah. True. I'll just talk like I talk. I'm not going to sound smart. <laughs> I'm not a smart guy. Three, two, one. go. See, there's a new season of Sweet Tooth. What is Sweet Tooth? The movie, the show on Netflix with the little boy that's like half deer. Uh, That was called Sweet Tooth. Yeah, but you liked it. I never saw it. (laughs) You didn't see it?
0: No, there was there was one where it was like this this kid deer or something like half deer,
1: and I thought it was I thought it was called something different. Uh, It looks weird because he's like addicted. He loves eating sweet stuff, and then he gets like this big. There's like a big dude that helps him. Who, like, he hunts them, but he ends up helping them for some reason, because I think he can talk. You watched it, right? I did not watch it. You would love it. Dude, you would love the show. You need to watch it. Ending podcast, go watch the show. (laughs) I feel like you'd really like that show. I feel like it's an Alex show, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to write it down right now. Yeah, it's like post-apocalypse and stuff, and these kids were born half animal or something like that and they they all this started around the time everyone started getting sick and dying I guess so right. they were blamed for it and yeah so there's people that hunt them I think for specific reasons that they reveal in the show but yeah there's like a kid who is half deer or something like that and uh a guy finds him it's a it's a really good show i it was good. uh it was good man I think you'll like it I can't believe you haven't seen it I feel like we talked about it and you said you liked it but I think uh I think my wife tried watching it or did watch it and maybe
0: I came by the room or something while she was watching it. I'm not I'm not hundred percent.
1: Yeah. But you said it's on Netflix? Yep. It just second season just came out, so I am writing it down right now. Put it in the show notes, you'll love it. Other than that And if you hate it, I'm sorry, but I think you will like it. <laughs> Every once in a while a show or a movie or a game or something comes out and I feel like it's something that I want like I want you to play it or watch it. God of War is another one.
0: We can do a sub section of our podcast where it's
1: uh, uh, movies and TV backlogs. <laughs> well, I did think about it too. I thought about we could do extra stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> starting at thirty minutes. My ass, uh, there's. I thought we could do extra stuff like movie reviews. If there's something kind of game related, like the Mario movie just came out, and I want to watch it and I want to talk to you about it too because I. I oh that's, yeah. I don't oh, want to turn I've, it into a homework project because I want to enjoy it too. But
0: no, it is it is interesting though. I uh, I know on your backlog you have the Metro. What is it? Twenty thirty three mm-hmm. game, and I believe there's three or four games, but they're also a, they were adapted from a series of books. Didn't know that. I didn't know that either. But there was a, another podcast. The oh, what was what was their name? Nope. Anyway, another another podcast that talked about them and. Uh, they they went through and actually read I think the first book of the series and then went through and played some of the game uh, and kind of compared the differences so it's it's definitely a thought see i'm I'm a with movies and other forms of entertainment sometimes games I think mostly because I have a seven year old now it's it's hard to break away to do some of these entertaining things so I'm pretty basic oh, man, on tough. on on my on my I'm pretty basic on my entertainment consumption,
1: Yeah, you
0: know, big Marvel guy. That's just easy. Um, you know, I, I pick one game that I like playing every year. It's the Assassin's Creed. They're, they're mostly coming out every year. So that's like the one thing I put pre podcast, mm-hmm. I put all my energy towards. So it's it's, you know, I'd have definitely have to kind of treat it like the backlog for our games is definitely open it up to
1: more things. Dude, I'll just... As a side note on that, it's kind of been crazy how I want to play games now. hmm uh-huh. I didn't really... I feel like I was kind of starting to not enjoy games very much, and the reason was because I've only played games when they were multiplayer and com- like competitive multiplayer-type games with my friends only. hmm uh-huh. And so it's... I've really kind of got... I feel like I'm kind of getting back into playing games, and I'm more excited to play them now than... I, it's just, it's crazy to me, because I I was, you know, I feel like six months ago, I probably would have told some if they asked, I probably would have said, like, yeah, I play games occasionally, but I, I don't really, I'm, I don't consider myself a gamer. But I feel like now, like, I, I'm excited, if I'm not tired before I go to bed, I'm very excited to play games at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So, it's weird. It's cool that's how cool. that's working, because it's bringing enjoyment in something that I feel like has always been pretty important, but... Well, you
0: you were telling me earlier about another byproduct of this little project of ours is, as we're knocking games off of our backlogs, I believe you've added a few. Uh,
1: Yeah, man. I know. (laughs) I know. I'm supposed to get rid of the backlog, and it's growing faster, but there's been a lot of good sales lately. I think maybe with the Steam Deck being very popular, there's a lot of buzz around the new Asus thing coming out at some point. I've yeah, added a total yeah. of five games to my backlog since we even started the conception <laughs> of this. So I don't that's know, cool man. Thing. But that's good. It's more content for you guys, more content for everybody, oh, more definitely. content for me. I haven't gone out and bought any games, but I have I have added,
0: I think, two. Uh, they were free games off of the Epic Game Launcher.
1: Oh, I mean, we're not, I'm saying I purchased games. <laughs> I don't know how many I've I've gotten. There's even some on uh, GOG that, mm-hmm. that I've gotten from the, there was a free Amazon thing. I, there was one that was a bigger title, but I don't remember what it was. That's how bad right. it gets. <laughs> I wonder what it, I, now I want to know, because it was, some of them were decent, man. All right, well, hey, you want to, uh, you want to talk about this week's game? If I don't figure out what game it was, I'm not going to be able to move forward. So just give me a second and I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm telling you, there's no way. It was Wolfenstein: The New Order. It's free on oh, Amazon yeah. right now if you have a Prime account, which you do. You better consumers. I, I, I do. I I do. You slimy sweaty consumers, get in there. Get your free copy of Wolfenstein: The New Order from gog.com Amazon Prime member exclusive. I have- how long? How how long is
0: is it available? Because this won't come out for five another, days, another month and a half. <laughs> it's
1: it takes it takes five days before, and it's a it's a twelve to eleven hour game. So, if you missed it, yes, yes, you yes screwed up. You're not really see. you're not really the target audience, are you? You're not really <laughs> keeping up with make building your own backlog, which this is about. Oh, let's so see. i to get into. Ooh.
0: Where, where, I don't how how does man. Amazon, how does Amazon work for games? Wolfenstein?
1: A lot of them, I think they're codes for other games and, or for other launchers. I know GOG.GOG.com, GOG.com, they, they do like a DRM free version of games, I think is what they were originally kind of based off of. I know that's how Wolfenstein New Order came about on there. That's how you acquire it. So, man, that's got my... I just added another game to my wish list. Here we go. Well, because I I I think Wolfenstein's on my list. So I got to find... You own it or something? No, I think it's on a game that I want to play. Oh, yeah. I grew up playing the Wolfenstein, Return of Castle Wolfenstein game. It was like one of the first FPS games that felt very big and expansive and modern to me. My sister had it on her computer and... I just remember it was very, it was very challenging, and it wasn't didn't feel like Golden Eye, where it's kind of felt to me Golden kind of felt linear. This game felt really open. There was a level where you had to sneak around, and it felt kind of that horror graphic kind of stuff that you would you would expect from a more mature game. It wasn't just Secret Agent guy. Right. So I was kind of excited to see that, and so I hold it very fondly in my heartstrings. Oh, oh, oh man, I just. There's a game made by the same company. It's coming out, made by the same company. We'll talk about it later, but it's called The Lost Wild, and it's like a survival horror adventure game with dinosaurs. So get ready. Get ready.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to 321 Backlog. Uh, today we're talking about uh, Stray.
1: That's right. Uh, this is I'm James T., and this is Alec L., and uh, we've both played Stray this week on Steam, so we're going to be talking about that. going I hope everybody's playing along and we get to experience this a little bit together. There are going to be some spoilers ahead, but we'll just discuss some aspects of the game prior, and then, you know, we, we don't want to spoil this wonderful game for anybody, so...
0: Yeah, we're going to try and do a little... We're going to try. We'll see how it ends up coming out. We're going to try and do a little uh, general discussion and maybe get into some spoiler stuff. If we get into that, we'll definitely put a uh, like a spoiler wall um, just to give you guys a heads up. And, and we'll see how it
1: goes. Okay, so this game came out July 19th of 2022. It was made by Blue 12 Studio and Anna, Annapurna Interactive, which sounds kind of cat-like. Uh, it was released on PlayStation Four and Five, as every game was, I guess, at that time, with the shortages of PS Five, and Microsoft Windows, which I guess would probably include Xbox and obviously PC. And we both played it on PC or Steam, right? Yeah, I played it on Steam. You played it actually on a computer. Yes, well, on a computer with uh, with a controller. Yeah, and I played it using my Steam Deck exclusively but i did dock it occasionally and play with a controller on the tv but i guess it kind of functions the same way basically it did say that it was recommended to be played with a controller and in the beginning of the game there's like a little disclaimer on it so and you did that i guess i i I don't i'm sure it would function just fine with mouse and keyboard now
0: i had already played this game before this was actually on your backlog i kind of picked it uh, for you, knowing I had played it already, my initial playthrough I did mouse and keyboard, and thinking back, I definitely recommend using the the controller if possible.
1: Do you remember? Is it just the controller style? Oh, I'm sorry the the mouse is the is the camera and the WASD. Yeah, it's definitely you're using the mouse to look around. Okay. and I've
0: never been good with these types of games uh, with a mouse and keyboard. I've I've always I've I've grown up using the controllers for the majority of my gaming career, yeah. that it's just so much easier to use that. And, and my brain has been wired to know controllers versus keyboards for anything other than just typing. So I, I for me, it was definitely a better experience playing with a controller.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm generally a little bit better with mouse and keyboard, but I'm kind of looking forward to getting more into using a controller again because it's been a long time since i played console style games but this was kind of a good interact uh introduction to kind of getting back into that i guess it's not very not a super tough game for me but let's so why did you why did you get this game i want to know why you were the first one to play it what made you think i want to get the cat game um
0: actually it was um for my work, I travel a lot and I get to meet a lot of people throughout the country. And i I was working with a group, um, I was working with a group of customers that were themselves gamers. And we were kind of in some downtime, maybe on our lunch break. We were talking about just things that we had played and and kind of doing the the icebreakers of meeting new people um, in like a working environment. And somebody had said, "Hey, have you seen the Stray game coming out?" And I. I hadn't heard of it. And he started going through just the general what it is. And it it seems so goofy uh, that I, I had to kind of go and check it out. And then after finding it okay. and seeing how it, it, it is, you know, you are controlling a cat and going through a, you know, lost to time city full of robots and some other things that we'll talk about. It just sounds so far fetched. I was like, I have to check this out. And when you go and look at it on on all the store pages and and all over the internet, the screen grabs and screenshots and gameplays of this game just look so polished and detailed yeah. that you I, you can't say no to it. And yeah. that that was my first introduction into it. So I, I just it was just from a, a a pleasant conversation with some you know
1: coworkers and yeah. and yeah. That's that's where, where I started with it. And just to be clear, you, you don't consider yourself a cat person, right? No, not really. I mean, Cats are fine. Okay. I've always, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like one thing. I, I've heard a lot of people that said that this game wasn't for them and they said that they're not cat people and this game was made just for cat people. I don't know if you've read that or heard that anywhere, I, but I, I feel like it's a good game that. either way. But
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't think... If you're... See, I don't think the cat portion is the biggest part. It, it like it, It's a big part of the game because it's what you're playing as. But the gameplay experience, the fact that it's a cat, I don't think detracts from anything. I still think it's, it's still fun regardless. Yeah,
1: I would agree with that. I feel like the environment and stuff was immersive enough being... It's kind of a post-apocalyptic-looking environment. I feel like that mm-hmm. alone, just experiencing the game, whether you're a cat person or not, maybe you'll like cats better after you play this game. I yeah,
0: know. I don't think... I don't think playing this as a dog would have landed the same because you are through, through through different portions of the game there is a a bit of a stealthing element there's a bit of a um, needing to be a bit more agile in in spots and I don't think it would have translated as well to a different animal.
1: Oh well, yeah you know I don't a, think the platforming would have went well at all No no unless really. maybe a orangutan would hand, or <laughs> maybe chimpanzee would probably do pretty well with a lot of it might be a bit too big but yeah it'd be it'd be dexterous yeah, enough maybe a small tamarind <laughs> i don't know a small monkey i don't even know what that is so yeah this game was a 10 out of 10 on steam when i just typed it in on google to try to get some of the general information i saw it was a 10 out of 10 on steam i thought that was kind of funny it had a overwhelmingly positive 100 plus 100,000 plus reviews of people saying overly overwhelmingly positive. So I knew I was in for e- either a very divisive opinion or I was just gonna like, like, I have to like the game. So I and I and I agree with
0: it. I, I'm very bad about going back and reviewing things, but I would have given it another 10 out of 10. It was, it's such Dang, a good man. game. Perfect both game, both playthroughs. Uh, and a little bit of watching my son play through it because he played a little bit. Uh, oh he got yeah, stuck my wife played spot. it some too. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, aside from getting stuck, he he really enjoyed it.
1: Um, so it's definitely it's a game for everybody. And that's yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. I felt like it was it was a very accessible game. It was the platforming wasn't crazy. You have the ability to turn off prompts. I don't know if you saw that in the menus and, and settings. You could turn the prompts off so it doesn't say press A or X to jump here. Oh, I did not see that, but that I think if I was to
0: play it again, I may turn those on. Yeah, just
1: so it makes it a little more, yeah, a little bit less obvious of where to go. I kept it on just because sometimes the camera was a little bit, it was like, you know, you weren't exactly seeing when you were looking up. I know not going to get too, too heavy into the gameplay, but if you were trying to evade something, you're kind of in a hurry. It would be helpful to have the prompts for that. Mm-hmm. the but dialogue that, what's up
0: I, th- I think with those tool tips they were simple enough if you learn them real quick because it was really just joysticks for movement and then a for jumping and i think there was maybe an interact with like Y. past that once you learn those controls they're pretty easy to commit to memory for a controller at least uh, you could definitely turn those off and then play through without much
1: interaction from any like ui you're forgetting a pretty pivotal very I, I i would consider it important button you'd have to press to interact with the environment and stuff it was on my controller it was O to meow
0: <laughs> i think network. for
1: my controller it was it was Y. but
0: uh oh, yes okay. that was
1: that was very very fun yeah i just i know i don't want to like spoil a lot but the, you can meow in this game and i think that's a pretty big deal for a lot of people Mm. no
0: definitely when you're you start out the game doing very just general cat stuff you know moving around
1: dude that uh, was like my i mean that was my favorite part of the game man
0: <laughs> you know you're you're going around trying to with your little cat family and uh snuggling up with them and uh you know there, there's parts where you're just going around scratching on a post or drinking the water drink yeah br- drinking out of water and, and all that so um, there are a but all throughout the game, not just this one portion before the story takes place, but all throughout the game, there are kind of like breaking points where you can stop and let the cat be a cat, you know, finding a nice comfy pillow or a, a lap of some of the NPCs to just sit, maybe have a coffee break, or you get a couple screenshots that are that are really yeah really showcasing the. the the style and atmosphere of this game.
1: Yeah, there was a couple times where you... you, There's, like, musical element to the game a little bit. Kind of a side quest. And when you... When the music plays in it, a lot of the time you can just lay down. There's, like, a blanket there, so you can just lay down. Or I guess it's a pillow or a blanket or something, but you can just lay down and listen to it and just enjoy it and just be a cat. Because that seems like something a cat would really do if you're just busy and you're not paying attention to it they would just lay down near you for when you're done and ready for just scratch them.
0: Yeah. I also had a couple times where if I needed to maybe step away from the computer, but I couldn't, maybe I've just forgot to pause or I wasn't in a spot where I needed to like make sure I was safe. Yeah. Uh, if you just sit there for a moment, and there's inactivity from your controller, the cat will start to like stretch and move stuff. around, yeah. yeah, and and do cat stuff, you know. So even even in those times where you're not playing, the game is still keeping that idea of like your character as a cat, and that just does stuff to. You know, be a cat, and and it was real fun.
1: They used a real cat for this. wasn't they, they used a cat for the motion capture in the game. A real cat. Did you see that? Did you happen to know that? I I didn't, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, this it... this is the this might be surprising, but also makes sense. It was a hairless cat that they used. Oh, interesting. But but think about that, because with motion capture, they probably put I don't know for sure, but I would assume they put those little white beads things on them that they mm-hmm. used to motion capture. And I feel like it just—it would be a lot easier if the cat didn't have a lot of fur. Yep. Yes, it would. Because
0: I'm sure, and I saw this in your notes, but if you try to put like
1: a harness or a a bodysuit on a cat, it would probably not enjoy that much. So I've done that. We have a cat, and she always wants to go outside. And that's why I put it in the notes. There's a little more to piggyback off that story, but uh, our cat always wants to go outside, but it's not a good idea for this cat to go outside because she's not an outside cat. So my wife bought a harness for the cat and we'll take her on a little walk in the backyard and stuff like that. And I don't know how long you have to walk a cat on a harness where they stop walking in a crouch position. Like they hate it, but <laughs> every once in a while she'll just bolt out the door into the grass and she doesn't walk like that. So it's not the grass. It's hundred percent, the harness that makes them crouch walk all the time. Mm -hmm. and it was that moment in the game where I stopped it and I just put the controller down and turned the game off and I said I need to come back to this game with my wife playing it because she's she's a cat (laughs) person and she's not a big gamer but I knew this would be a game that she would probably finish without me helping so she's kind of been working on playing through that which is fun too because I've already played through it and now I can be there to kind of assist her in her journey if she needs it and encourage oh yeah us cat people gotta stick together man (laughs) that's awesome so okay and i I wanted to say about the meowing thing too this is a thing i liked meowing it's there it doesn't seem like it really does anything initially you're just meowing and it's an option and you can do it but I like that eventually when you get a little bit of story progression, it helps show you where to go. Did you notice that at all? I, I didn't notice that. I noticed <laughs> the
0: the level will tell you uh, yeah. where to go, and not necessarily yeah. needing interaction from the cat. So I didn't notice a, spe- a a exact correlation from me doing cat stuff and then the level giving me stuff, but I just noticed the level would give you stuff regardless.
1: Yes, yeah, so every once in a while there'll be like a little puzzle that kind of stops you, and if you push the meow button or keybind, bind, mm-hmm. you, you meow, and the lights will flicker in a direction showing you where to go or try to give you a hint. This only happens initially to help you get a bearing on what the puzzles and obstacles will be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so when I was just playing, I was just meowing all the time because it's cute or whatever, but then I started noticing... I put in our Discord, there's one screenshot mm-hmm. where if you look, it lights up the letters H, E, L, and P with some arrows on a sign. Yeah, yeah. That happens when you meow. It's all kinds of stuff like that. There's another obstacle where you have to jump a certain way to get somewhere, and there will be lights that light up around that object. Yes. And it becomes a little more obvious later on why those things are happening. And also, adorably, you end up there's an achievement you can get called a little chatty (laughs) if you meow. I think a hundred times, which just sounds a hundred percent like something a cat, a cat, old cat lady would say, like, "Oh, you're a little chatty (laughs) this morning." I I like that. I thought it was kind of that's the kind of stuff that I think makes achievements cool. When you someone like me, I don't care about achievements. I like stuff like that. So
0: yeah, I, I I did not notice the. meowing but i I don't think i did it very often unless it was you know when you meet an npc i think they meow but it's like you're you're not just doing it for the heck of it you're you're trying to get their attention rather um but as far as the level kind of like lighting stuff up i definitely saw in multiple occasions where especially when you're doing those like fast running scenes the, the uh knowing like which path to take the the level would kind of help you without being too heavy-handed it would maybe light up yeah you know have a white light the side you're supposed to go in but the other side would be would be dark right so not thinking about it quickly you might go yeah. on the wrong path have to start over but if you're paying attention to what the level is kind of cueing you into you can kind of navigate through those little light lit areas
1: which was pretty cool i feel like that comes down to me that, that comes down to kind of good game design oh, yeah. in general because that's I don't, I, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it every day of my life, I don't like it when video games explicitly tell you what you need to do or how to do it. I want you to learn. I think it should, and it, if you can incorporate it seamlessly like that in a way that just shows you or nudges you without having, the I always reference the stupid thing from Zelda screaming <laughs> in your ear telling you what to do.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's kind of part of that like um, that immersion, right? I mean, the the more often it says, "Hey, go here, go here," it's breaking you away from that that immersion. And this game is really good about keeping you in
1: the game. Yeah, a hundred percent. So you okay? So yeah, I think that's. I th- do. You have anything else you want to say about it before we kind of get into spoilers? Is there anything?
0: Um,
1: what what was this uh, AI was originally used to make art? What was that about? That was, was a that? that was that that's later on in the game, that's one of the things that B twelve mentions to you. Oh okay, How, okay. Yeah. Um Or maybe it was one of the robots, but yeah. I, right, I on right. my notes I think that's pretty much everything that is non-spoilery. See, other other than that, um one other
0: thing I noticed about the gameplay is there there are a lot of a lot of games like this that can bog you down with like optional quests and things that are just filler right i only ever found two instances of purely optional stuff everything else was there for a reason and you actually had to interact with different npcs and other like buildings or rooms or, or puzzles to progress the story it was there wasn't a bunch of like hey just do this just for the sake of that that achievement or for the sake of right. filling gameplay and this isn't too much spoiler because they, they are optional but there's in the first area you come to there's finding sheet music so one of the npcs can perform music um and the other one i found was uh farther in the uh, one of the other levels or I, I should, we shouldn't say levels really. They're they're more like areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the other areas, um, I think it was called Ant Village. It was one of the central. where right when you leave uh, your initial place, you you I think you have to go collect flowers for somebody. Right. Outside of that. those, outside of those two, out of the entire game, nothing was optional. It, m- meaning that it it wasn't filler. It was actually part of the gameplay and it didn't feel like it was needless and i really yeah. like that about this game it, it 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 kept you in the game for the game not just to do a bunch of collectibles and um and and needless stuff just to buff that gameplay so i really i really like that the i guess the in the the la- there i guess it would be a third instance but it was kind of part of the game but kind of not it was trying to help the secondary main character that you meet trying to help them progress some story through memories. I don't think that gives too much away, oh, yeah, um, yeah, that's... but there were, there were a handful that were core to the game and right. then a few that weren't for just some filler, but you could continue on without needing all those. And you still got a good feeling of what would, what they were, tra- what story they were trying to portray.
1: Yeah. I feel like that's, that kind of makes the game feel a little bit less open world and a little more linear. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there are some side quest type things you can do and the fact the game is sort of open, you you can choose when to do some of them. I like mm-hmm. that in a game sometimes because it's it allows you to kind of get the focus stays on the game where it's not like the game just opens up right from the start and you can just... Some people love that. I like a little bit of linearity, a little bit of linearity in a game, because it kind of keeps the game focused on the story, and I feel like you find that more in story-driven games, which I'm coming to see are, are kind of my preference, I think, is a game that, you know, stays focused. <laughs> yeah, as
0: as I get older, I definitely prefer story-driven games over like your first-person shooters like call of duty and and halo and stuff like that for like the multiplayer aspect yeah Uh, i definitely have gravitated more towards story-driven games and as far as linear versus open world i definitely think there is a time and a place for it and in this instance linear i think worked better yeah but it gave you just enough of an open world aspect to
1: where you didn't feel like you were totally confined Dude, real life is open world enough, man. (laughs) Like, I could get in my car and I can just drive until I hit water, you know? It's pretty open. More, it's, the world I live in is more vast and expansive than Elden Ring and Skyrim (laughs) put together. (laughs) But, yeah, I like that aspect. I also feel like the game setting was kind of claustrophobic in a way, intentionally, and I feel like if it was super open world, you would lose that feeling of claustrophobia, which I think kind of plays a big role in the story of the game as well. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a good, it's a really good de- style choice or design choice for the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. That was a good point. That was, I mean, that the I didn't really think too much. The side quests, the amount of them were good. That's true. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I think before we. Get into our spoiler section. Um, and again, for those listening, this is a little new for us. We're, we're still trying to figure out, you know, uh, our formatting and all that. So we're giving this a try. Yeah. So before we get into our spoilers, thanks again for listening. That was our just general discussion on Stray. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us at 321Backlog on all your platforms. And if you want to send us an email or connect with us that way, it is 321Backlog at gmail.com.
1: So here's our spoiler wall and we'll continue on from that. But thank you. You've been warned. Okay. No complaining. (laughs) And before we progress through this spoiler wall, I just want to say the next two games are going to be Ori and the blind forest definitive edition, as well as Bioshock. Uh, We'll be playing the remastered version. So if you don't want to go through the spoilers, at least, you know, going forward, which games are coming up next. That's all.
0: All right. So now we're past our spoiler
1: wall. Uh, We're going to, we're, not
0: going to go through a full walkthrough, but more talking more candidly about our gameplay experience. You know, we're going to still mention, you know, NPCs and, and specifics to some puzzles and all that, uh, but not worrying about spoilers and stuff like that. So that's right. Yeah. That's that's what we're going to kind of go into. So, yeah, what is there a section in particular that you want to talk about first? I'd say... Probably the biggest section, the, the the place that you're in the most, I think, is Dead City.
1: Yeah, for sure. Once you get through and you fall into the city, and you've you've gotten done with the little, I guess, prologue tutorial, learning how to be a cat, you you get into the real environment of the game. It's it's the dark place. It's it's got robots, and it was definitely the most fleshed out city for me. It felt like you were there the longest it felt like it had the most involvement the most back and forth and kind of I guess if you want to really think about it it even had the most vertical accessibility rather than Mm -hmm. just being horizontal so I liked it was my favorite city of the game I guess what about how did you feel about it yeah I think I enjoyed Dead City the most yeah
0: it was it was the place that you were in the most there was more to interact with there were definitely some other areas that I think had. A similar number of NPCs, Midtown, for example, but it was more linear and to the point. I feel like in in yeah. Midtown, Dead City, you had it was a lot of exploring, which makes sense because you're still learning what the heck this whole world is.
1: Yeah, it kind of set up the whole story to to open up and and actually tell a story. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's you know it's you're you've learned how to play the game generally speaking, and then you start kind of acquiring a little bit more of yeah. everything <laughs> more items, more pals more NPCs everything and right before
0: you meet the uh, the NPCs that make up the majority of the world which are these um, humanoid bipedal robots
1: love those guys they, I think they all have um, like a like a TV screen for a head. Yeah, I love that they use that as a way to convey emotions too. Mm-hmm. It's not just a face. It they actually are, I guess, programmed to be able to have some kind of emotion and mm-hmm. it changes. You rub on them and their face lights up with a heart. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's but right stuff.
0: before you meet <clears throat> right before you meet uh them, you meet another robot named B twelve. It's this little drone that ends up being kind of your secondary character through the whole game. And you're kind of um intermediary f- from you know, cat speak to robot speak yeah uh, how did uh, how did you like the introduction of b12 i
1: i feel like it was it was a good way to kind of segue into actually exploring and interacting more closely with the environment rather than just doing the platforming mm-hmm. you got he's up in the sh- you got the box up there you see the messages where he's asking saying he needs a body and stuff like that and then you're kind of just in this area, you know it's a major point because they tell you you're in, I think it was called the flat. Right. And you're just kind of figuring out everything in there, and then you do the cat thing and knock whatever you can off of a shelf. A lot of a lot of just being a cat yeah. to
0: accidentally do X, Y, Z, and I really like that aspect Me too. Yeah. of this game. <laughs> Because there were, there were certain points where I'm playing, I mean, and again, I love this game, there were certain points where it's like, come on, the cat wouldn't have done that, or that's a little loose there, but it, it was still fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, the cat might have done that. That's <laughs> true. I don't know, true. dude, we got cats, they do constantly just doing stupid cat stuff. Yeah, they're,
0: they're they they're know a lot more than they
1: let on, they're always scheming. Yeah. Uh, always something. Yeah, I'm actually, yeah, <laughs> I gotta put another note in based on that. I don't. There's one part later on where you trip the robots, dude. I, I love think I tripped one by accident. Oh, um, it's so good, dude! <laughs> it's so cat. Um, okay.
0: So one of the one of the first tasks you're given, well, your introduction into Dead City, um, you're mistaken by the locals as a zerk. Yeah. Which are yeah. these little? How would you describe? It? They're like these little bugs. Feel like they're creatures. like a parasite, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember if the if it did, I missed it, because I played through this twice already, I I, I might have missed what they were there for. I think they're kind of like a mutation of something.
1: So, yeah, there's one of the... I think it's either through a memory, or you talk to one of the other robots, the big, like the bipedal ones, you talk to one of the other NPCs, and they, they explain to you that they were originally created as a way to consume trash, to try to cut down on the amount of trash in the city and then they've evolved somewhat to just eating anything and not really requiring much else they just they consume is what they do which I feel like kind of scary because I feel like that's something that we're going to end up doing one day (laughs) they already found some kind of bug or worm that eats styrofoam I mean oh wow yeah so that's I mean it's it's the futuristic game for a reason, probably. So, and I, another thing, they get they kind of scare they get scared of you. You're an orange cat. The Zerks are also orange, so it, mm-hmm. it makes sense that you would kind of initially you know that does make sense. Oh, I yeah, didn't man. notice that. At first. It's a good. It's a they've they thought of everything.
0: <laughs> they really have. Yeah. Um, but once once the fear has kind of subsided, you meet um, a lovely NPC by the name of Guardian, who's kind of their guardian for with things that are coming He's in. like
1: Gandalf, right?
0: Yeah, he's got like a big uh quarter staff that he that he wields as <laughs> kind of a weapon, maybe a walking stick and a, a little he he has a very super like a uh, superhero stance, very right. you know, puffy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, out. he
1: stands like yeah. I like that's that's funny. It's true. He's so. the
0: guardian. <laughs> uh but through conversations with a couple of the NPCs, they're all kind of leading you and the game does a really good job of this through letting you Navigate and search and explore whenever you uh, have a task at hand that the game wants you to do. Instead of having like a tool tips or a UI that comes up and say, "Hey, go here, go here," through conversation, it says, "Oh, you know, I don't know the answer to your question or yeah. the thing you're showing me. Why don't you go talk to so yeah, and so?" You
1: yeah, know, like yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. And then you'll go to the next NPC, and they'll say, "Oh, I wonder if I wonder if Momo knows about that. They live up on that that." Uh, on that building there and they'll kind of like show you. So not everybody's going to give you the same cookie cutter response, but they're all going to give you something similar to get to where you need to go. And the first yeah. person past guardian that you need to talk to is named Momo.
1: Yeah. There's, and also this is the first area where you kind of open up a little bit more and it's not, you're just not walking in, in uh-huh. hallways to try to, you know, progress the game. This is also where you get that first side quest for the sheet music. Yes, yes. Did you end up finding them all? I did, and I I, I admittedly, I, I figured it was just a side quest that wasn't really going to be relevant. I didn't have any interest in it mm-hmm. until I found one that was in a safe. Uh, it's near, it's right near the music, the guy you give the music to. Yeah, I found the safe, but I couldn't find the code. Yeah, so the code, it's in a weird language. Eventually you meet a robot that is very dorky he helps you out in the game event he's an npc that's he's he's a part of the main story some npc eventually if you it, like i remember they referenced to me upon looking at the note and said you'd have to that that language is odd or something like that and you mm-hmm. have to find somebody real dorky that can translate it i don't think those were the exact oh. words but then you go to him and he says it's at the bar there he says like oh it says this bar so then you that of course tells you go to the bar and do cat stuff, and you knock oh. down a sign or something, and it shows you the code for the safe, and then that's it's just eight out of eight. It's the last music sheet that you could get, and when I got that one, I thought like, oh, I got like now I have to do this because I feel like that was like probably the most difficult one to figure out, which I guess that maybe it was. Yeah. So I was like, well, I gotta go and find the other sheet musics now because I've already. You know, and I like that, that it got me to commit to something that I probably would have just skipped over. Uh It was an achievement. It wasn't, you didn't get like a... Okay. Anything crazy. Yeah, I, but... th- I think I maybe got to six of them. Okay. Did you uh, know who I... to give them to and everything as well?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I had found a couple on my first playthrough, Um but yeah. I, I didn't find all of them before on that one either. And I think I found more this time around than I did the first time. Um because it had been probably
1: six months in between plays. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. I I, I liked that. And then the other quests that you do are part of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to meet. It's you. You look for and find Doc Balthazar, and Clementine's flats, and you kind of get clues from that. Bring it back to Momo and then there's some detergent you got to find it's kind of it's it's kind of a lot to try to explain but yeah they do kind the of energy use... drinks and the detergents and
0: what what I know what I, what I could speak to on that is it's a, it's kind of a lot of fetch quests but in a yeah sorry my phone just went crazy it's kind of a lot of fetch quests but in a good way Right and there's a couple instances where you need to there's an exchange between your, the the cat and B12 with one of the NPCs and there needs to be an exchange of some kind and there, but there's not really any currency but they'll ask for certain things some of them ask for energy drinks that you can find <laughs> <It's weird. laughs> yeah it is really weird there are a couple like um, uh, what are those called vending machines there are a couple of vending machines throughout the level there the area rather that you can do cat stuff and accidentally cause one to come out and there's one um for one of the fetch quests you specifically need this detergent to trade and you have to find that you have to do a couple other things to gain access yeah. to the room that it's in so when you break it down to a very simple like uh, simple explanation it's a lot of fetch quests a lot of going back and forth but they they um they beef it up really well with npc interactions that i think are really really nice and there's there's a, each each one that you talk to each named npc has its own personality that they did very very well
1: yeah i like th- going back to the detergent thing that npc was great the one that is running the thing you've knocked the paint over mm-hmm. and it's just screaming as a robot <laughs> i i don't know man i just loved all the i i loved the dialogue and the like the, all the robot noises that they made i feel like they just had a really good really good sound team for that specifically and when that robot was pissed off <laughs> it had me laughing man just because he's just screaming up at the other other robots yeah
0: and yeah, you know yeah. something something
1: to point out when
0: you're talking about these different npcs it started to make me wonder especially going through farther into this game humans have sense what the what the what it's implying humans of all sense died off yeah. and b12 makes a couple of comments to this that you know you go in the bar but there's like some tables that have food on it or there's right. drinks or there's a, a little bowl of peanuts or something things that the robots cannot consume
1: there's a robot that's pretending to smoke at some point
0: right and and <laughs> and you and farther in the game you talk to some of these and they're just and they'll 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 flat out say in some way shape or form that they're just continuing what they were programmed to do
1: Yeah. yeah. So then
0: when you come back to Dead City, where there's definitely the most kind of the the most life that you meet or that you experience, it's kind of hard to tell is the guy in the laundromat just there because that's what he was programmed to do? Or is he actually upset? Like it kind of takes into that. Like which, yeah. Like, why is he?
1: What's he doing with the laundry? Right. I, which, I guess
0: there are clothes, but <laughs> which NPCs are stuck in that programming, and which have yeah. actually broken free from it? And it's really interesting, kind of going through, not really knowing, not really knowing what the motivations are of the NPCs you interact with. And I, I thought it was yeah. a really interesting aspect.
1: Yeah, that's that's. I guess I didn't really think about that, but I guess that's the beauty of a discussion, is you kind of two people have different thoughts and interpretations on the game. So. Yeah. I guess what were they I don't know. I guess they they were just kind of doing what they were supposed to. Mm-hmm. But then some of them obviously became pretty self-aware and wanted a little bit more for themselves, which is kind of what allows the story to progress for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're in you're in the city and you're going through and you you meet a, a bunch of NPCs and eventually the main thing that you're going to need to do is you have to go through the sewers to get to another NPC that they're telling you is going to be able to help you that's already managed to leave. They know they left through the sewers, but there's a lot of these Zerks in there, and they say you're going to need... There's a type of weapon that, that I guess, Doc had invented? They were they were trying to, to get hold of Doc,
0: who they lost communication with, and there's a couple of quests that you go through to, to make this happen, but through that, you have to leave dead city and leave the the safety from these these zirks and the area ends up being called dead end and it starts with this little mini game of like running through a horde of zirks and let me tell you the first time i played that a couple months ago that was one of the hardest sections for me to do and i think it was because i was using mouse and keyboard and everything was very sensitive how did that
1: go for you I don't think, the only part with the Zerks that really kind of gave me an issue was the part where, I I can't, I think, I don't even remember if it was specifically in this area, but there was a part where there's an elevator, you have to hit the button and wait for it. Oh, man. That gave me a a lot of trouble for a multitude of reasons. If you have to jump, it slows you down a little bit, so I learned to kind of circle around without jumping and take longer paths. And then there was another thing. The only real glitch I encountered in the game happened after that part. I rode the elevator up, and then I walked forward to go to the next area that was safe. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, my cat just teleported back down, surrounded by oh, the no. elevator all the way. So uh, that was the only glitch I encountered in the whole game at all. But the mini game of running, I don't recall it being very tough. Uh Th- but, this this time around it wasn't as bad, but I, I think
0: that was because I was using a, a controller and it was just oh, yeah. easier for me to do. But yeah. my initial playthrough when when I first found out about this game, that one I think I had to go through like ten times to finally get it. It was something about the playthrough that was just difficult. Yeah, but you get through that, and then you uh, you, you the, find weapon. you find Doc, and he through another series of puzzles because it's a big big part of this game he gives you a a special light that you affix to B12 that becomes yeah. like a zerg a zerk popping light um that is colored purple which i think comes into play later i don't know if he specifically stated it but my guess is that it was a uv light
1: did did you remember it actually specifically saying that I don't remember them saying that, but I guess it does. it It does make sense because a lot of UV lights kind of have that hue to it. But they might have said it, and I just don't recall. But I know well,
0: I'm, I'm. I'm going off with the fact that they. They. I'm going to assume they didn't say it. Um, and it was. It was purple, and I, I say that because B12 itself comes with a light, and this other one was like special, and it would it made it. It made it noticeably different, and I think that comes into play later on. But you get this, you now have a way to defeat these Zerks, and and kind of move on, which was which was great. And from there, <clears throat> you revisit briefly, but then leave Dead City again, uh, trying to get to Midtown so you can find another NPC by the name of Clementine. Yeah, and but going through those sewers, there was a lot of creepy stuff in the bowels of this this city. Specifically, there was a point where the walls were like. Fleshy and pulsing, and do you remember that?
1: Yeah, that was I. I, I, That was awful looking, man. It was very,
0: (laughs) very like, uh, like, like body horror without the bodies. A lot of fleshy, pulsing horror, (laughs) sopping wet skin, breathing walls. Yeah, Yeah. it was real gross. And at some points, there were these large, using the cat as a scale, maybe like two foot in diameter eyeballs. That one
1: all over the walls. And earlier we talked we were talking about it, and you said that you think the Zerks had an eye on them. I'd have to see one like physic like see one up close, but maybe that's just how they evolve. If they eat enough, they get bigger like that. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what they become, or maybe I don't know. But it was crazy to me because you're down there and then out of nowhere you can kind of just you 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 don't realize you're definitely being watched, and then you know you're in for a a bad time, right?
0: Yes, that was that was a really stressful area, just because it was creepy uh, to to some degree, right? A lot yeah. a lot of the sewers it reminded me of the flood
1: from Halo. Yeah, like, well, they had they, they, they kind of do in general, or yeah. the head crab things from Half Life. If you ever played that, I haven't, but I know what you're talking about. Put it on the backlog, dude. Put it on the backlog. I I think it is on mine. Um... (laughs) I'll play. I think it might be two player. Oh, sorry for that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, but that's one thing, too. I feel like they they needed something to kind of increase the, like, the fear factor or the feeling of endangerment. Because at this point, you have a weapon. So you need something to make it feel a little more dangerous. And I think that did a good job because it becomes visually more dangerous. Mm Mm-hmm. You have a weapon, you're armed, you know that you can kind of do something to survive these things instead of just running, but then they really increase it because you're going further and further into this nest of Zerks and you know that you're just getting more surrounded. So that kind of leads into the next part where you end up kind of overdoing it with the light. Yeah, there there's
0: a point where you basically, you, you get to this one bit and one of those eyes is going from like a maybe a two foot in diameter to like six to ten feet. And it's absolutely huge. Right. And from there, it kind of gives this like alert pulse or call and calls a bunch of Zerks into you. And you yeah. get surrounded. And B-12 does his best... By himself in this little cutscene, it was it was kind of emotional and and intense. In uh he overdid it and burned himself out using this new light, saving the cat, but then he kind of went unconscious. So the cat has to like grab him and then you end the sewers with another mini game of like running through this like sewer area that was you know another one of those very tense kind of kind of playthroughs or sections.
1: Yeah. That's a very human thing to do that B-12 did there to save you. Mm -hmm. It was. It was just so... It really humanized him. It really
0: did, which then takes us to a big reveal. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Seamless. Seamless. Uh, Right when you get out of that section of the sewers, you go into a little internal tower structure that is called Ant Village. And B-12, which has another set of inhabitants... And B-12 comes back to and kind of reveals through more memories and things after having a near-death experience that he thinks he was uh, human at some point. And that, that kind of reveals more about the story and things that were going on. So this little... Drone that's been falling around he apparently was a human at one time, and his consciousness has been put back into this little drone. And he's kind of finding things out about himself as you play through. After that reveal from B twelve, there's really not much else in and village. You meet. Yeah, he goes of... silent for a while. Too. He does. He's having like an existential crisis, and <laughs> you kind of have to to kind of navigate a good bit of it by yourself, and. So he won't translate for you, which is a big part of it. Every time you interact right. with one of the NPCs, he kind of helps that. He's like asked for a little more time, kind of. Yeah. But through that uh Ant Village, very, very short part of the game, you meet uh another one of Momo's contacts, which was uh Balthazar. Zaltzabar, what was it? Uh Z-Balt- I guess. Yeah,
1: they don't yeah.
0: It's very hard pronunciation. You meet them and they've like connected themselves to like some Mainframe, they've like left their, you know, their body, and but it, that whole interaction is just to say, hey, you need to continue
1: on and get up to Midtown to to meet your final NPC. I don't, I don't know if it was intentional for the art. Like I called it the Art City in my notes. I guess I don't know if it the Ant Village. I mm-hmm. guess it's kind of Ant Ant Hill like too, how it just kind of goes down and then trails off a little. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was intentional, but it was just it was a very short segment. I liked the city a lot but yeah it's. i think it was in there
0: i think it was in like a trash chute or like where like waste and things pools together that's what i think okay that's what i think it was built into
1: yeah and they were like it was kind of funny because they were just making art but they didn't seem to have any idea why they were doing it yeah why they needed to some of them were just like painting and and kind of just discovering But I guess that's kind of, at some point, that's what we did too, Mm -hmm. not me and you, but maybe one of
0: the, dads. yeah, one of the NPCs is sitting there just painting over and over again, and there's other NPCs nearby, and if you talk to them, they're like, man, I I know he likes to paint, but I really wish he would stop painting and maybe do it somewhere else. They were like having, having (laughs) inter, interpersonal conflicts that they were trying, it was very, it was very funny
1: yeah there was another part too where they said earlier, I think it was a memory you could unlock with b twelve but they said that the a i originally all AI was created to make art, which is kind of I feel like that's the current thing we started going through before everything just exploded, but we were having these AI generated art images very recently in mm-hmm. our in our in our current timeline, and I just thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know if that was put in there before. Like, I don't remember if that game came up with that idea first or if we had the AI art stuff going on before that. But I just thought, again, kind of with the bacteria eating trash, it kind of made me think, this is gonna, definitely going to happen to us. If, they make yeah. us. if they make us move into, like, a dark city, I know it's over. You know, the the release of this game
0: and the release of, like, say, Mid Journey or ChatGPT, which... For those listening later, this is roughly about the time that that was all happening. The release yeah. of, of this game and those those tools are fairly close together, so you know it's a little little interesting just to be a coincidence. But yeah. so did you did you
1: do any of the side quests? Did you do the flower side quest there? I tried. I found one of the flowers, but then I couldn't find the other ones. Was and it the one on the tree, like just off of? The yeah, map? that's the only one I saw too. But I didn't really go out of my way. I just I, felt like this city didn't have a lot. I liked I liked the city a lot, but I also felt like it didn't have a ton for me to really stick around for other than that. And since I had previously gotten the last sheet music quest and it was just an achievement, I figured it's probably not very important to the story.
0: You know, I, I didn't find it. I looked for a very, very briefly. Um, yeah. But as you I and didn't. I are talking <laughs> about it in the moment right now, I'm wondering, because I did go and do some cat stuff with a lot of the paint cans yeah I am wondering if you can go get that flower a couple times the purple one and just paint it
1: and just paint it what do you mean
0: it because there were a bunch of paint cans where the where the guy was ex- that where the NPC was kind of expressing his art and just painting over and over again and it had all those paint cans yeah. Uh, all around i'm wonder. i don't know if this is the the, the oh, puzzle i'm wondering that. if you could go get the flat one of the flowers and just paint it and the robot that wanted the flowers wouldn't know because all they were asking was... for were
1: colored flowers not types not like a species of flower but just a color i think he was just trying to because you know paints were originally made from plants and stuff mm-hmm. like that i think he was trying to acquire new colors is what it was i i think they right, were, right. They was and wanting to I, expand his arsenal of colors so well, i would assume I think, that there would be different colored flowers
0: that's what i thought when i initially played through but thinking back i think the the npc that was asking for them had a little had a, like a, a flower bed and was like planting different plants and things and how i interpreted it thinking about it was oh, yeah. was wow. they were wanting to add more color to
1: their garden through, and i assumed it was flowers. he was attempting to harvest more you get the flower and you plant it to grow more mm-hmm. see so that way you don't just use what you have so well, he would have an unlimited paint supply well
0: neither of us did it so if anybody out there listening has done that optional quest you should let us know what the heck it was yeah i'm definitely
1: i can't look it up <laughs> i don't have nope don't, don't look it up the, yeah i don't have the the ability who we talk this much about flowers not me so after you
0: finally leave ant village this towering little community uh you make it to a subway station and you're starting to see you're getting higher into this massive city and you're seeing more of what civilization once was so you go into a subway station everything's empty but then that's Quickly leads you into the last major inhabited place which is midtown
1: yeah so that kind of opens up and you've got it's very much a police state you've got the sentries everywhere you've got it seems like there's i mean there's certain sections just blocked off by cops your introduction to it you're watching somebody get arrested and saying that they're looking for this clementine as well you're kind of in a race to to find Clementine before before the police do the sentries do. Mm-hmm. And
0: whereas uh, lower into lower in the city, your main hazard was Zerks, and now it becomes these sentries, which are these. They're kind of they're kind of like drones, kind of like B twelve is, but they're a little bigger. They, they've got like electric guns on them, uh, so yeah. they're very they're very dangerous, and they're like helping the. NPC police officers there are parts of this where you actually have to stealth
1: around and navigate around <laughs> these sentries dude. without without getting hit it's kind of funny because I just I was trying to think of a way to where the Zerks are the sentries more of a threat to you the Zerks yeah dude <clears throat> okay the sentry guns they can chase you and they they find you and they attract more but like imagine trying to shoot a full sprint cat just with a gun in general, man. Yeah. So I found myself at some point when I encountered them, I would just keep, dude, I would just sprint. I didn't care if they saw me. I realized pretty quickly that, like, you can just outrun them and then kind of hide. But I yeah. guess that's kind of a cool way to, you, you can get more than one way to
0: play. You can be spotted by the sentry, this is farther in my notes, but you can, you can be spotted by the sentry, and while still in view, because they have this little light on the ground showing that you've been spotted, while still yeah. in that light, jumping up in a cardboard box and you're immediately invisible. Yeah. It it stops chasing you entirely. I don't know if that was intentional,
1: but it definitely helped me out farther into the area. That's one thing I've come to realize. Just video games have taught me that cardboard boxes are the ultimate hiding (laughs) thing. Whether it's Zelda's, you know, the, the barrels that you're hiding in, or it's cardboard boxes, Metal Gear Solid and Stray. They're a very reliable way to just avoid a lot of problems in life. That actually, another thing too, we were talking about whether or not, like how interactive you could be with the meowing that would attract the Zerks and the Sentries. If you meowed while you're in a cardboard box, they would all rush over to the car. Like They would all come from everywhere and just stay around the cardboard box, oh, kind of freaking out. Not sure what was going on with mm-hmm. it. But... I think you meowed in this game a lot more than I did. <laughs> I told you, I set it up on the Turbo Controller, man, and I just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> I I did meow a lot, but it, I noticed, like I said, I, I felt like really early on, I kind of saw there was different ways to interact with it and i liked seeing all the different cat stuff you could do and i feel like that was a pretty big ticket so uh
0: so once you kind of take in what this uh what this midtown area is going to be like it is that police state there you're you're on the search for an npc named Clementine and you're seeing wanted posters and you're hearing conversations of the police looking for clementine so you're already aware that you're looking for a fugitive yeah. um Once you find them, you soon find out that they, one, they have a key to the subway. So right there, you know you're going to have to help this person at some point to get out of this area. But the subway needs power. And to do that, you have to infiltrate this, I think it was NECO, but it's N-E-C-O, corporation which has this atomic battery, which is going to be the power source of the subway so you can then leave right so the whole midtown level is trying to again do those fetch quests to progress the story to then get to the place you need and then get the item and get it back to the npc that you are trying to get it to
1: so it's a lot of back and forth there's one really big thing i think you're kind of forgetting to mention from this area and it was the dancing robots (laughs) there was and and
0: that's (laughs) and you you
1: joke you joke, but again,
0: the dancing robots, you have to interact with them yeah. as part of the fetch quest so it it was it was it, though a joke it was an actual part that you need to interact with per the story of the game which which was fantastic.
1: Yeah, they were I th- I just thought they were uh, they were like they had a lot of personality for what they were, you know, compared to some of the other characters or the other robots in the game. It was just funny. They're just loitering, they're just generally being like scumbags kind of and they, they the first interaction you have with them they're like, "Hey, get rid of these security cameras cuz we're tired of them. We we just want to dance." Yeah, we just want <laughs> It's so ridiculous and then they're just sitting there. They give you a mixtape. Like it's, it's silly, man, but I love that because it was, it progressed the story, but it was also very goofy and it made these robots a little cuter. Yeah. Talking about personality in
0: the NPCs of Midtown, uh, Midtown NPCs compared to, um, compared to Dead City, Dead City, I think had probably 10, 15 interactable NPCs, some more important than others for sure. But in some ways, interactable and ones that you needed to talk to for sure. Then you go over to Midtown. I think it was maybe half. There were more NPCs that were like walking around, but none that were as
1: interactable with than Dead City.
0: Would you yeah. would you well, find that
1: true? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think Dead City was kind of focused on just... The, they were kind of... They were at the bottom of everything. That's mm-hmm. where all the trash went. They were yep. just kind of waiting... Almost like waiting it out kind of vibe. Yeah. It was almost like a kind of waiting it out kind of feeling. And then as you go up, the other ones are very focused on themselves and kind of exploring art and and what it means to, to be self-aware, I feel like. And then you've got the ones in, the, in Midtown where they're kind of I don't even know man they're just all over the place.
0: Yeah it was it was very much in to my earlier comment about not being able to tell if they were stuck in programming or if they were free thinking. I think it still was a little hard to tell in some points. I think uh, I think I think Midtown had more instances of the free thinking cuz there were you had well, yeah, you had yeah that that police state. So there was the, the the they were protectors of the area and peacekeepers and all that, and there was a sense of like crime and yeah. a more more human type more things. rebellious in general. Yeah,
1: yeah. So well, a lot of the people, a lot of the I want to call them people. A lot of the robots in Dead City were kind of just. It almost seemed like they were just sitting around waiting to expire or mm-hmm. whatever happens to these. Wonderful robots, but the other ones had you know. I, I feel like it was almost a progressive stages of enlightenment, and then when you get to Midtown, it seemed like everybody was pretty rebellious for the most part.
0: Yeah, that is. I'm um, that is a really good interpretation of that. I, I agree with that a hundred percent.
1: I mean, what are you gonna if you're getting trash dumped on you for your? Well, yeah, because I'm years. I'm what, sitting how, there.
0: Out? I'm 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 thinking back, and I'm you know how many NPCs in Dead City were just sitting down, yeah, crisscross yeah. applesauce blanket blanket over their them. head and just kind yeah, of like just... huddling together, looking like they're huddling for warmth. At, at in some places, but they're not cold. But they're not cold. <laughs> yeah. And then you you progress into Ant Village. A lot more. There there are some that are that are sitting around, but but a fraction of of that. And then once you get to uh, Midtown everybody's on their feet, everybody's doing
1: something, right? They're not yes. just wasting away. I mean, they are, they are, they just well, maybe they don't know it. But yeah, I, that was that was kind of how I interpreted that. I didn't know, I guess I didn't realize it was going to get so deep, dude. Yeah, I think there were a lot more layers to this game than we maybe had noticed. No, there play. was three. We just went over it. There was Dead City, <laughs> there was Midtown, and then Ant Village. That's it. There was three layers, and then that's it. <laughs> and it's just a simple story about a cat having a good time. And there's nothing. That's why I liked it. It was straightforward. No <laughs> underlying messages. No no lessons to learn. Nothing.
0: nothing. Uh, so so to get this atomic battery, you need to get into this Neco Corp or N Eco Corp, uh, which is again is another puzzle to get through. But you have to use a specific NPC for access called Blazer. Who, yeah. after you do all the things you need to do, ends up double? Co- <laughs> that guy ends yeah. up double crossing you. The guy with the gold chain. Uh, the guy <laughs> with the gold. He would have waited. He's in a big jacket with a gold chain, man. He's in a bomber jacket with a gold chain? And he is yep. creeping in an alleyway. <laughs> real, real scumbag. And he ends <laughs> up. This guy's a real jerk. He's a real jerk. He ends up double crossing you, and then you uh, go into cat jail. Uh, effectively, and this is the uh, uh, last, almost last area of the game where yeah. you have to like do major puzzles and, and all that, and you you, you get double crossed. The sentries come in up in midtown, and then smash cut. You are in a little cage, just big enough for your cat to fit in, overhanging some water. Very weird. Uh, no B twelve. Cats don't like water. Everybody knows that. I think it was just weird that one. Why didn't they kill the animal? That just it, when you think about like logic of of the bad
1: guys or whatever. Why didn't they just eliminate the pest in their eyes? Right? They just. Well, I think you know it was just. I I believe so. The way that they were handling any of these robots that were acting up was to basically reset their memory and take away their self awareness. Can't really do that to a cat. They don't really know what it is. So I think their only solution was to put it in a cage and just. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all they could do. Right. So.
0: Yeah, I guess that they if they're programmed to remove the threat from society, it's not necessarily to eliminate it.
1: Yeah, maybe. Well, there was like always a big thing with like you don't want to harm like robots or not. AI and stuff isn't supposed to harm people. That's like the number one thing they program first, right?
0: Yeah, and that's got a name. I, I, it's like the the Turing test or something.
1: Uh, I think that is it's something like that. Yeah, Turing.
0: Yeah, and I believe I think when you're leaving, when you first come into the subway, there's somebody that's got a little um a little sleeping area like a, I i took them as like a homeless person a homeless yeah, robot yeah. and they had a bunch of books near them and when b12 goes up and looks at it it was it was a book of like something something like basics of robotics and then i think that turing test
1: was oh, one of those books that's cool yeah i didn't see that that's nice i was playing on a steam deck at that point so i think my screen might have been a little small to be reading that maybe
0: so yeah you're in you're in cat jail, and you've yeah. got to break out once you break out of your initial confinement. you find that Clementine has been put in a cell and you have to get them out and Now it becomes a stealthing game where you don't you don't have to only worry about the cat getting through, which is a lot easier to break out of places than yeah, a six foot robot. Yeah. You then have to take into account their stealth. Not that you're controlling them, but then you have to solve puzzles to let them come through the area. So it ends up being a little more involved, but
1: nonetheless, it's still, you know, puzzles and stealthing. Yeah. I was pretty stealthy through most of that area right after you rescue B12. Mm-hmm. But I think I probably could have just beelined it, grabbed B12, and then ran out, because I feel like that that's an option. There was an achievement for beating the game in under two hours. Really? So I feel like, yeah, you could probably just fly right through it, cat stuff, meow meow.
0: I, one thing I did notice in the jail, and I don't know if you noticed it, uh, right after you get Clementine out of their cell, uh, you start walking down one of the hallways, and I noticed that there was a skylight with like clouds and stuff, and that took me a second, and then I noticed that it started glitching. They, they, the prison, this, this, whatever this thing was in the game had installed fake screens to show outside light.
1: I did not notice that. That And I thought that was very thing to do. Yeah. Oh,
0: I've been to so many hospitals that like in the older parts of the area, they'll have those, those like those fading acrylic. Yeah. Like painted on clouds and stuff that looked God awful. Any any hospital administrators that do that for your sites, please stop that. It looks terrible. <laughs> if if you want to fake the outside, just put more windows in. Anyway, <laughs> side tangent. But yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting. It was just it was a, a tiny detail that was completely
1: unnecessary to code this into this game. But it was yeah. such a good thing that they had to have it in there. There was a ton of that kind of stuff in the in this game that I, I'm sure way more stuff that I didn't know. There's we've named a lot of things that I noticed and you didn't, and mm-hmm. vice versa. So
0: there was so much. Yeah. One thing I did want to talk about and get your interpretation, especially since we've been talking a little bit about like jailing in this world versus elimination mm-hmm. and and all that. We find out we go through with Clementine. We go past some large window or, or courtyard area, and we see that B12. Has been captured and like suspended in this big cage thing by like these four because he's very tiny. He's he's only the size of like you know a a grapefruit. He's very tiny, right? So, but he's in this large like six foot by six foot by six foot box with like force fields holding him in place. I thought that was very interesting. I I know why the story did it because it wants you to get your little NPC back and all that. But do you think it was because he had like human intelligence potentially in his coding or something I don't know. Any, yeah any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I'd say that's pretty possible. maybe it was maybe they it wasn't the same process of wiping his memory that they did with the other robots mm-hmm. maybe they could were trying to find a use for him, you know because he was able to translate he did seem to have knowledge of things, mm-hmm. but I also kind of feel like the sentinels were very task oriented and not really free thinking at all so i but yeah maybe maybe i don't know maybe they just weren't sure what to deal how to deal with him either because i think what he was doing was definitely not part of the normal programming of that model of century or or whatever he was right and if
0: we haven't said it before b12's
1: once he started getting some of
0: his memories back i assume he their memories back <laughs> his his main directive was to get to the outside world yeah. so from for, so for any action that the that B12 and the cat take is to
1: progress the chance of leaving the city entirely. Yeah, that was kind of the goal overall. Like, it made sense for you on a small level, but that was kind of the whole Mm -hmm. goal for all of them. Right. Okay, so yeah, you get Clementine and you get your B-12 back, and then you get out of that area, out of the jail, and back through the city, and it's kind of just this very Metal Gear Solid-esque escape thing where you're trying to get through the tunnel and run from the sentries chasing you. And then Clementine... Kind of makes this very human sacrifice of just pulling them away and letting you go, which has kind of been a theme. Everybody's willing to sacrifice some part of everything for you. Mm-hmm. Because that's, and they explain to you the goal again is just to get somebody on the outside. Just so right. it's, even if it's one person needs to get outside. So they give you the keys to the subway and you kind of have this, just everything is calm down there. Yeah. And it feels very, I don't want to say out of place, but it feels very. To, Solemn. To,
0: yeah, to, but real quick, to backtrack for a moment, just on, on the, the, the game, a little comment I wanted to make. When you're doing your escape, I, I thought the game did this really well. Transitioning from gameplay to cutscene, a lot yeah. of games, it's a very jarring transition. Yeah, and there was a t- you could tell that it was a cutscene, and and just from it's like a little angles. camera pan that kind of yeah. lets you take over. But but yeah. from like the graphical quality from the gameplay when it switched over to this escaping cutscene was probably one of the most seamless ones I think I've
1: ever seen. the the the, the cutscene was pretty close. It was better, but it, but it was still pretty close to the gameplay. I feel like we're gonna see that more and more in games because a lot of the time from the games we're used to. Or disc-based games and you have that loading but i think a lot of newer games they're going to be installed on solid state drives or something and they're able to do that kind of stuff more now and i feel like we're gonna i hope that that kind of becomes the norm because graphics have also gotten so much better where you don't need to have you know these full cgi cutscenes in the same way this game wasn't yeah at all uh, it was everything was kind of it, it was in the same setting that you. Yeah, were. I thought they I thought they did a really good job with that. It just it was definitely something yeah. to, to yeah, call absolutely. out. as like Yeah, a, I like that. Uh,
0: a thumbs up for them. So. So yeah you were saying we get down uh after that the, the in in Clementine's sacrifice they you, we already had possession of this of this battery but then they give you the <laughs> keys to the subway and then from here to yeah. the end of the game it's a lot less chaotic to the point where you can you can tell the game is winding down and the a lot of the dangers have been
1: overcome yeah dissipated yeah. And it's very sterile. The area you come up to, it's it's yeah, right from from where
0: you where you get onto the subway car and get it to turn on, and then continue on. Once you arrive in the what they deemed the control room, holy cow! Such a big 180. Everything is clean. Everything is polished. You start seeing there are robots moving around that are still also polished and clean. But, but one thing that I noticed immediately is the first one you get up to is like sweeping or something and you introduce yourself and meet this character and they're no longer, you know, we've met Momo and Guardian and Clementine, you know, they, they have names. Now we're speaking to helper 447 and you start to see like, this is pot. This is probably
1: where this AI started. They were just, they were just helping. Right. Yeah, they're just keepers of the city, kind of. It, it, it makes you wonder if some of the other robots had other program jobs that were, like the ones that you meet that actually have a personality. If their personality kind of stems mm-hmm. from a job that they had, at least that makes me wonder, I don't know. That's the kind of stuff I think about. Yeah, and one, uh, one of them,
0: um, Helper211, he was painting... Oh yeah. And you could tell that where he was painting there was this big square that was very discolored <laughs> and I I think it was one of those cases of he's, he's just stuck painting in real this hard. code. and he's painting the yeah. same area
1: for who knows how long. I, mean, I think this... they said at some point 300 years since the humans were gone. So. Yeah. Yeah, man. And he's, he's just, just sitting sitting there. there yeah,
0: going up and down on this one little two foot by two foot section.
1: Yeah, even the guy sweeping wasn't really sweeping the whole area. He was kind of just sweeping that spot. Yeah. I wonder what kind of energy these things use.
0: Yeah. Uh so you so yeah, you get into this, it's kind of like a lobby, like a waiting room, right? And there's a lot of seating. Um, a couple doors to unnamed locations uh, it looks very like hospital or hotel lobby. It kind of reminded me of an airport man that yep yeah, that makes much more sense that that I think fits better and in the at the, at the back of the room there's this wall-to-wall ceiling to floor window overlooking the city which yeah. is, which is kind of dark and you look up and what you think are stars at first, are actually like, their lights on this massive door or, or ceiling door that is covering the city from the outside world because they're in this very, you know, sequential pattern. Um, some other things to note in this area that I noticed, as you start to talk to more people, they start saying, oh, if you need help, you should talk to an engineer in the control room. So it's already that that dialogue of lightly nudging you to go to this one yeah. place. Yeah. Um, you also see that there's big red signs saying that the city is sealed off and then in smaller print if anyone tries to leave there are heavy penalties and I believe it either boldly says or implies heavily that you're going to go to prison if you try and leave
1: yeah yeah and it really becomes evident to see that like the people at some point were definitely trapped in there Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And another thing too, it kind of, it opens up the, they say it's w- walled city 99. I see we both had put that in our notes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, which to me implies that There's there a, were at, at least 98 more. more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At least maybe even maybe. How,
0: how many, where, where are we in the world? Is this a version of earth? I don't know. I assume it is.
1: Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, for sure.
0: It's definitely, I I don't think this studio would do it. I I think this, it might be perceived as trying to like, you know, beat a dead horse or or encroach on an already popular game, but they could easily, I think, visit some of these other cities in other games. I don't think they would, but I could definitely see this being a more expansive, potentially
1: expansive uh, world to explore. It'd be cool. I I just want to say, man, I guess this could go at the end, but I hope they make some kind of follow-up or expansion, even if it has nothing to do with Cats. Mm-hmm. just an expansion on the world in this game because i feel yeah. like it's it there's a lot what, to it what
0: did the world end? are there any humans remaining what what's the outside world look like we saw through the cat early on we see trees and foliage you can
1: hear birds chirping right yeah so there's 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 life up there but what, what's there the optimistic part of me wants to say that I, like, I think there's probably some people out there because you mm-hmm. know if they hoarded everybody into a city, if you've learned anything from movies or people in general, there's always going to be a couple people that don't do it. Mm-hmm. And those people wouldn't be stationed right around the cities, obviously. That's why you would never see them as the cat prior to ending up in Walled City 99. So I would think that there's got to be, unless they somehow, you never know. I don't know if it was with all the trash and stuff like that. I don't know what what wiped out people outside of the cities that caused Mm -hmm. them to have to go into them. But yeah. So that, yeah. Yeah. That's, you do cat stuff. You You do cat stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you have to get in the control
0: room, and it's locked. There's a couple puzzles to get through, and you get in, and basically B12 is is almost fully. I think by now has fully remembered his family and yeah. uh, 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 par- other parts of his life. He's like, "Hey, we really we need to get out. We we need to continue on." So that's the thing, and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to start hacking stuff." You go do cat stuff to to the point where he's basically, I'm going to hack, you're going to destroy. He he tells the cat to just go screw things up, right? Yeah, I like that. And it was great. So that's your whole objective is just find things you can interact with and rip them to shreds.
1: And you do that, just that. And you
0: do just that. And as you're doing that, B12 is, is hacking stuff. And every time he hacks one successfully, you start seeing... Like, you know, uh, uh he'll like f- his eyes will flicker and he'll, it looks like he's taking damage or something. Oh yeah. He's even sparking.
1: Yeah. Like in between going to different things, he starts sparking. Once you get the last one... He finishes it, he survives, everything's fine, and then the game ends and it's a happy ending and nothing bad happens.
0: Once he hacks (laughs) the last one, his drone body is severely damaged. And one of the last things he has to do is kind of like upload himself one last time to unlock the city... But it's going to shred the or it's basically going to remove him from that little drone in a permanent way, which the cat has no idea but as as somebody playing it, you know what's coming, and it's like all right, you've grown to kind of uh to love this little robot and and you know what's coming right and the probably the saddest bit is once the 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 drone finally falls to the ground. The cat doesn't know what's going on, right? And he starts pawing at it, and it's not responsive, and just pulling at your heartstrings. The cat curls up next to him and takes a nap.
1: That's not how. That's not the ending I had at all, man. It's
0: not. It's not the ending. But it's. It's. It's not the ending. The, the cat... No, I mean
1: the. the... <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, killing, you're killing me. That's not. <laughs>
0: uh, so you know the cat curls up next to him, takes a little nap. And then after that, you wake up and you get to try and navigate away and leave the city.
1: Yeah. And
0: I think it was a really good job of of trying to end this. Um, any any comments on the sadness? Did it did it pull at your heartstrings as it did mine?
1: It was sad. Yeah. It's. I again. I feel like I saw it coming. You know, for sure, just because it it seemed like you could kind of tell he was going to die. It was definitely sad, but it was also cute. <laughs> yeah, I don't know.
0: The, uh, we're 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 going to be wrapping this up in a few seconds here. The there's some things I want to call out as yeah. the game's ending that I don't want people to gloss over because you can tell that it's it's wrapping up, right? the The climax has happened. It's definitely winding down. It's not thing happens. Credits roll instantly it gives you a moment to kind of play through the ending of actually leaving the city in a bit of a subtle way but i think it was really nice first thing right when you get control after waking up from your little um moment with B12 uh, go to the window and you can watch this massive door open and flood uh, sunlight into the city and as that happens it kind of goes to another cut scene where it kind of vis- revisits all most of the cast that you've um, met through your journey and i thought it did a really good job you see the people in the slums and parts of midtown that are seeing sunlight for the first time which was just so, so nice to to call back to some of those characters you've since left and you also start to see uh, Zerks that are deep in the uh, you start to see Zerks that are deep in the slums and the bowels of the city that start popping and being destroyed from the sunlight which makes me think that uh, Doc's gun from early on in the game was emitting UV light because that's
1: what the sunlight's doing, and I thought it was a really good loop to close on that that part of the game. So, when I was looking at your notes, I, I saw the part about that, with the Zerks popping and stuff. I don't remember that happening, but now that you're talking about it for, for this a little more, I, I actually didn't... I don't remember any of that. Was that actually in the credit scene, or what? It was... Like I think I th- movie style? Like I think, what, what No, the... I think I've
0: I think I've mentioned it slightly out of order. Basically, um when B twelve connects himself into the city's mainframe, <laughs> uh once once he once he does the thing to unlock, before he fall I think he falls to the ground and then the cutscene starts. Yeah. So after the cutscene, then the cat interacts with B twelve realizing that it's now lifeless, um that cutscene is
1: already concluded. I dude, I'm not, I'm not kidding, man. I, the robots looking up and seeing all that. I didn't, yeah, s- I never got any of that. So, oh no, I'm gonna have to watch that on it was YouTube such a, or, such a, or play such a through good, that part again.
0: I I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's skippable. You know, sometimes you can skip cutscenes. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe a button got hit or something. But how it came across in the screen, the how the Steam version played it through, it had that little cutscene that I just thought really tied what experience you played through already, and kind of calling back on that in these brief um, cutscenes, I thought was really a really nice uh, finishing touch. Okay. And then, so but then I... after that, you get a chance to watch the door open, and it was really nice.
1: Yeah, I'm watching a YouTube video of it of it, and I swear, man, I don't. I don't recall any of this that's happening, a shame. which is that's really weird. Because I remember him laying down with the with B twelve and B twelve dying, but I didn't see the Zerks popping. I don't know what happened or why I wouldn't have seen it. But hmm. this, guys, this is history right now. This <laughs> is the first time I've seen it watching it on YouTube. Yeah, I don't, that's that's cool. So, I like that so... you kind. Of, yeah
0: so did did it let you walk out the front door and 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 walk into the sunlight did it, did it at least let you do that
1: no i don't that's so do weird you. to me what so, happened for my game was it, it you watch it opening and you can kind of walk around in that room again and that was that's all i got i don't think there was like a part i missed or anything like that yeah so I, you know. so
0: after you get control after the cutscene and you wake up for your little cat nap you can go back into the airport lobby. <clears throat> all the robots are doing the same thing. The only thing that's changed is all the signs that said "city sealed" now say "city open."
1: Yeah, and that's what I did. And yeah. You, oh, yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you can you can go up to that big orange door. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it opens up into a very similar scene to when you first start the game, where you started in like a little sewer. But now you're you're leaving in like a stairwell.
1: okay, yeah, I saw that, part. But very yeah.
0: but very overgrown. And as you walk towards the sunlight, the the camera slowly pans out and you get to uh, walk your cat away in in a very
1: satisfying ending, I thought yeah and and that's it. and that I don't that know why the. Heck. I don't know why I didn't get to see that part i do know that i I don't think this would have anything to do with it but i was playing on my steam deck and i know that it was my steam deck was almost dead but Mm -hmm. i but i don't think i would have like who what kind of what would it say about me to skip the last real scene of the game (laughs) i don't know
0: yeah
1: so that's cool yeah i just watched it and it's it nice ending it was a good ending it's such a good ending man I,
0: i i i can be pretty harsh with media the endings in certain forms of media I use the I'm pretty lax about it, but this one I really really liked
1: I like how it how it ended the game Well, I did too now that I can say I can definitely <laughs> now that, you, but now that I you liked it, it without even seeing that scene I would have said it was still a really good ending, but yeah. it's crazy to me that I must Somehow didn't see that. I don't know. I don't know why
0: but did you have any other uh, any other thoughts anything we missed?
1: um i wanted to i kind of wanted to yeah there's a few things i just wanted to say i really like the music i feel like we didn't talk much about it but all of the music in the game was fantastic i really liked especially some of the weird tracks that you could get the guy to play some of them were interesting yeah well yeah uh i also really liked the music in the club that you go into which is also very weird that there's like drinks and stuff in the club (laughs) mm-hmm But the music that was in there was cool. I feel like the music team did a phenomenal job with the game. The people that made it obviously really liked cats because every little thing you do that's cat-like was very intentional and very well done. There was even a paper bag you could get stuck on your head at least two places in the game. Yep. And it changes the direction of the controls. until you. I think you have to run into a wall or something to get it off, but I thought that was cool. Oh, that's funny. I don't think I ever. I don't think I ever interacted with the bag. I saw them, and I'm like, nah, that's probably something I don't want to mess with. Yeah, that's a very that's something a <laughs> cat would do. It, it's just in there strictly just to appease the player. You know, it's not in there. That didn't serve a purpose, right? But it was it was intentional, but it wasn't it wasn't essential to the story. And then one thing I wanted to say. Uh, there was three save slots in the game when you go to load in, mm-hmm. and you make and you create a save. There were three of them, and there was also three cities. So I think ideally, maybe you could leave a save in each city to go back and kind of complete each one of those things. If you had a little bit of foresight on that, yeah. I did a I, second th- playthrough.
0: The energy drinks. There was uh, the first guy, the first yeah. merchant. You'll call him that. Wants stuff. There's like a covered up. I yeah, well, it was I painting. don't know what it was. I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, but you had now. to you had to get like 3 of them and I think Couldn't I only find, ever I found, found two. I found two. So I wonder if there's like maybe in Midtown or or somewhere else maybe there's like a hidden one or something. I don't know. I don't know, back. Back. I, don't I don't know that you could go back. I don't know.
1: I feel like you can't probably, but I could be wrong, but I yeah. got the impression that it was very final, but it would be cool to, to to know if you could go back and maybe go hang out with you know Seamus again right. or Clementine, but yeah, I don't know yeah. how
0: much uh, replayability there are, I and mean, unless you're trying to do achievements and things, which I'm, I gotta be in the mood for achievements. Like uh, if I get one, it's like oh cool,
1: that was interesting, but I don't seek them out typically. I like achievements, getting them unexpectedly and seeing it. And but I'm not the kind of guy that loads up a game and looks through the achievements and says like, "Yeah, I'm gonna. I need to make sure I sit, put aside time for that." Right. But right. that's also, you know, I, I'm a guy with 500 something games in a backlog too, so I I don't have time for that. <laughs> I have. I gotta. I gotta eat at some point. Uh, so I. Uh, what else? We got anything else? <laughs> uh. I, so this was. This was the studio that made this, I guess this is as far as I know, this was kind of their first big successful game. I can't wait to see what other games they come out with now, because I think it's kind of a big break, and they have a very good style. So I want to see whether they come up with another game that takes place in the same universe, or anything. I feel pretty confident that they would do a good job. I did see there's a couple games that they came out with prior to this, so they might slip into the backlog at some point. <laughs> oh yeah. But there was one, there was one in particular, uh, the it's, it's dinosaurs and it, I don't that's obviously not what we're talking about here, but there, they have a couple other games and there's some that are going to come out that I really, I'm interested in now just because I, I was very blown away by the studio. So I think that's kind of it to summarize the whole story and everything. I liked it. Did you, you hated it, right? oh it was the worst thing in the world don't ever play it no yeah. i i thanks guys
0: <laughs> <laughs> thanks i loved this game like truly i i have played it now through and through twice and the the first playthrough did not detract me from my second playthrough right like i, I don't play games multiple times very often but sometimes you can get that feeling of like oh Oh, it's this thing I got to do it again and right, and I didn't I didn't, think, I didn't yeah. get that. It was still enjoyable and I think that's because even though there are big portions of this that are linear, you can do th- to some extent you can do things in the order you want to do them. Yeah. What I mean by that is like going back to Dead City for for a minute, getting the detergent. You don't have to get the game's cue to obtain that item. You could right. I happened to know I had to go there, so I triggered the event to let that uh, room be accessible, and right. I got it ahead of time. Now, I guess I, I did that because of my first playthrough, but if, even if I didn't know about it and I just stumbled across it, it's still letting you pick up items and pick up things that you'll need later on in whatever order you want to pick them up in. And I, and I thought that was a really nice, it was a good feature of the game that let me play it without having an issue playing it a,
1: a previous time. Yeah, you can alter the pacing of it. Like I said, you can either sneak past the sentries, or if you're really trying to get through it, you can really just sprint past all of them, I think. And that will allow you to get through the game and explore the next areas a lot faster rather Mm -hmm. than you know creeping through them to get caught up to the the third city if you wanted to explore it a little bit more and see what it had to offer. So it's good. I like that there's options to fast-pace through it without putting fast travel in, it's not a very long game, but it can be shorter if you need it to. And that's right. great. Right. No, I
0: definitely, I definitely liked that we were able to get this um, off of the backlog and, uh, and, and make room for more. It's, it was, it was real good.
1: I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed it. If you haven't played it, go play it. It's fantastic. It is. Yeah. It's a good game. Steam, overwhelmingly positive 100,000 plus <laughs> reviews. It's got a cat in it if you like cats. If you don't even like I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast but if you don't even really like video games but you like cats or you know somebody that does, like, comment, subscribe. Now, get in, if you li- if you know someone that likes cats, I think they would enjoy this game just interacting with it. My, I, th- I bet someone's grandma would love this game. Probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. It really is. I mean, uh, from the gameplay
0: itself to the visuals and atmosphere that you get from
1: it, like the level design and all that, it's 10 out of 10 for me. Okay. Well, I, I would give it a... I don't know. I don't know if I can really rate it. I would say overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> it was a good game. I don't know if I can place a number on it because I don't know what 10 out of 10 goes, but I feel like it. They did a. it's a good game. It gets a thumbs up from me.
0: Big old thumbs up. I think it's going to wrap it up, but just like our Aladdin
1: episode... We need to announce what we're playing for the next two games. Yep, the next two games are going to be Ori and the Blind Forest. I'm going to play the Definitive Edition. That is admittedly a game that I've added to my backlog since we started the podcast, which, you know, very unproductive of me. But it looks phenomenal. I think it's going to be a very good game, and then we're also going to do Bioshock, which somehow neither of us have played. I know it's a staple game, and it's a big, it's a big game. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think is it safe to say we're going to play Ori first? That'll be the next episode.
0: Yeah, we're going to play Ori first. Um, we've okay. been doing a good mix of platforming games and non-platforming games so we're going to get that split yeah uh, in the episodes or in the blind forest i was going to play this a couple years ago when it came out and for you know one reason or another it just kind of slipped away and bioshock i actually played for about however long it takes you to hit start and then you step out of the cat the capsule when the there's a blood-curdling scream and that
1: was enough for you and that
0: was enough because I'm, I'm not a big horror fan so when <laughs> when that happened i'm like mm, i'm good
1: and right, i and I put it and get... i put it down there's no excuses now okay no excuses i'm gonna have to do it's it. I'm on... older i'm wiser i'm uh and it's on paper you have no choice if you change this you're, you're yeah. not editing that out nope can't do it <laughs> um okay so, so, so yeah i think i think that's it thanks guys thank you for listening guys.
0: thanks so much for listening. That wraps up our discussion on Stray. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know with a thumbs up, a comment, or sharing with your friends and family. If you're able to do so, play along with us. We'll post upcoming games to our socials and what games are up next at the end of each episode. This has been 321 Backlog by Alec L. and James T. Our show music is Lift Off by Amy Waters you can find this song and more of their work at amywaters.bandcamp.com you can connect with us on any of our social media pages and by sending us an email at 321backlog at gmail.com until next time